0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm going to read to you today from the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 3. I'm going to read from verse 10 through the end of the uh, chapter. And it says, But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know, when God promotes people into a place of ministry, when God promotes people to a place of leadership, when God brings others around a certain person, God promotes based on these three things. Number one, what I teach, how I live, and what my purpose in life is. What you teach matters. You know, you may not be called a ministry, but what you talk about, the way you instruct people. You know, if you instruct people to godliness, God can promote you. If, if you have things that you say and instructions you give and, 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 and you live a life and, and it's okay to cuss every once in a while and it's okay to do these things and there's worldliness in your life. There's a limit how much God can promote you because promotion means God lifts you up for other people to follow you as an example. So he said, you, Timothy, know what I teach. You know how I live and what my purpose in life is. I heard a Billy Graham quote, and he said, integrity is, is doing things behind the scene the same way that you do things in front of everybody else, that if all of your life was revealed... There, you would have nothing to be ashamed of. There would be no reason to um, uh, to want to hide something that happens in your life. And I thought, man, that's if if we could see really what goes on behind the scenes in people's lives, you might be surprised. But I believe that's what God's put on the inside of us to live a life that's congruent with His Word and with what we show people, where we're not deceiving people with the way, what they see, and then what really goes on on in the background. So Paul says, you know what I teach, and you know how I live, and then you know what my purpose in life is, and that's really the key. Your purpose in life, you know, at some point, you have to begin to ask yourself questions. What am I living for? What am I actually aiming for? You know, when you're young, you do things because your parents tell you to do them. You wake up, you do the trash, you go to school, you don't have a choice. If you're going to live under my roof, you're going to obey me, right? And so your purpose is just <laughs> try not to get try not to get spanked, right? But then at some point it has to change. People leave, and they've been told, "Hey, you got to get an education. You've got to you've got to uh, go and make a success of yourself." And so their purpose in life, they've just been taught, is to be a success. And then you find people who go off the deep end because they get to college, they get wherever, and all of a sudden they realize, man, I I, I just want to have experiences and I want to have fun. And, and I don't want to do what you see this rebellion kick in. I don't want to be like my parents. They're so boring. You know, and you see this, you see this attitude that comes, but you have to decide what your purpose in life is. What are you actually living for? What's the main goal of your life? Cause that'll dictate how you live and what you teach. You know, my faith, my patience, my love, my endurance, you know how much persecution and suffering I've endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. But the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil people and impostors will flourish. They will, be, they will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you've been taught. You know they're true, for you know you can trust those who, you, who taught you. You've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they've given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in God. Verse 16, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And then I'm going to read the last part of that in the Amplified, and it says, Every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration, and profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline and obedience, and for training in righteousness, in holy living and conformity to God's will and thought, purpose, and action. Verse 17, so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. well qu- well well-equipped, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You know, the scriptures are there to equip us. They're there to equip us to live a life of godliness. They're there to equip us to to, to be able to handle the situations life throws at us. It says here, so that I may be perfect and equipped for every good work. So when you listen to the word, when you take time for the word, God actually begins to equip you by his word. You know, when you get in the word of God and it's alive, it comes alive to your spirit. And the same way, you know that Jesus died for you, and God loves you, there comes alive that man. I'm living for a day in the future. I'm I'm not aiming my life for what I can do today just for enjoyment. I'm not aiming my life for even to be a success sixty years from now. I'm not living with a sixty year perspective. I'm living with an eternal perspective. Most people, you know, they even even what we would call successful people on this earth, they have a longer range perspective. So people who are people who. Um, struggle in life and never get, you know, get ahead in life. They're the ones who are usually now minded, right? They're just how can I go out today and have fun? How can I go out this weekend and enjoy myself? What new adventures can I get into? Their life consists of the next 24 hours to next 7 days. And this is what they look at. There's no plan for the future. There's people who, you know, you see people and I know I talk about weight, but I used to be heavy set. You just don't think about The future. You. you, I remember this is when it kicked in for me. But when I was, you know, two forty, two fifty, something like that, pounds, that I was having. I was playing basketball, and my knees and my ankles were aching. And I was like, man, I'm 21 years old. If my knees are hurting now at 21, when I'm 80, I'm gonna be in trouble. And so I want to have good knees when I'm 80. I don't want to have problem knees when I'm 80. And so that's was actually what caused me to make the changes. And I said, man, I could take 50 days. And it could change the rest of my life. I could lose 30 pounds in 50 days, 40 pounds in 50 days, and it'll change the rest of my life. And so it was that long range perspective that changed it. And so it is with us as, as children of God. I'm I'm living for another time. I'm living for another age. I'm not living for this earth. I'm not living for retirement. My goal in life is not to retire with money in the in the bank. My goal in life is not to get wealthy, to have money in the bank. My goal in life is to please God because once I breathe out my last breath, you know, you could live the... The picture-perfect life—you can get a good education, get a great job, you know, get favor, get promoted, start a side business, run a company, be successful, have a family, have kids, everyone healthy, you know, have trips of a lifetime, uh, make good investments, buy Bitcoin in 2012, you know, make hundreds of millions, buy properties, meet famous people, you know, you—you you could live the life, and then and and. And, uh, and then you get to the end of your life, and you're 95, and you'll realize that when you pass through the door of death, that the preparation shouldn't have been for retirement. They shouldn't have been to live a full life. You know, we hear this statement, live life to the full. Live life to the fullest. And I, and I agree. Live life to the fullest for the kingdom of God. You're gonna have to. You're gonna get to meet God on the other side of things, and you want to be ready. I only have a certain amount of time to win souls. I only have a certain amount of time to, to to fund the end time harvest. There'll be a day where I won't be able to give any more offerings. I won't be able to bring my hard-earned money and give it so people can hear the gospel anymore. There'll be a day where we don't win souls anymore. But today, today I get to win souls, and so I'm living for that day that I see God. I'm 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 extending it out. You know, people make health decisions now so they can live a long time. And I believe in all those things. But my main aim is that I'm going to see God on the other side. And the Bible equips you for that. The Bible puts something on the inside of you. It plants eternity in your heart. The Bible equips you to do the works of God. The Bible causes you that when someone makes fun of you for being a Christian that you you say, hey, I'm I'm just getting started, that you can come right back at him and I'm I'm all in on this thing. If you're gonna get me to back off by making fun of me, I'm too far gone. I'm one of those Jesus people your parents warned you about. You think it's bad with some. I'm the I'm I'm the if you can say worst. I I'm over the top. I talk about Jesus everywhere I go. I was on Twitter the other day and there's a guy that I follow and he, he talks about not He's a Christian, but he talks about investment stuff. And he put a scripture on there. And, and the backlash, he wasn't... It's just a tweet, right? Just put a scripture and then talked... I think he mentioned Jesus at some point. Christian guy. And man, the backlash was so crazy. People were so upset that he was like, you should leave these things out of it. Leave religion separate. And uh, you shouldn't talk about this. These things are personal. You should keep it to yourself. And I just commented and I said... It actually goes against what we believe as Christians for us not to say anything about Jesus Christ. It's utter selfishness. And then someone was like, What are you gonna do? Someone commented and said, What are you gonna try to do next? Ban abortion. The missionary journey is over, they said. And you know, it's like people do that to, to get you to back off. And then I just said, the missionary journey's in full swing. We're just getting started, and it ain't over till Jesus comes back to get us. You know, you can try to reason with people or you just go, I'm just you're gonna you're gonna push back, I'm gonna go even harder. <laughs> and so you see where people you have an opportunity to move forward and just be full, full all the way in. And the word equips you to do that. I don't see life through these lenses. I heard Tony Dungy say, everything I do in life, I see through the lens of Jesus Christ that one day and every day I'm aiming to please God with my life. I'm aiming to please God with my actions. I'm aiming to please God with the way I live. I want God to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm living for eternity. And so the word equips you for those things. It's given by inspiration. It gets down into your spirit, man. The word helps you. The word gives you something that you can encourage yourself with. The word, the word strengthens you spiritually. The word gives you resilience. The word makes it that when persecution comes, you can, you can take it joyfully because it was actually promised to you. I expect persecution to come. I'm not like asking, you know, I'm not like out, Hey, you know, make fun of me because I'm a Christian but I expect it. the Bible promised it. It's part of my inheritance. It's one of the the prices that I pay, but the word equips you for it. The word strengthens you for it. The word helps you. The word is God breathed. And so we begin to look at the word and see that it's, it's for instruction to do God's will so I can be equipped for every good work. There's things up ahead, and the best preparation that you can do for what's coming up is to put the Word of God on your, inside your heart, that that when, God, that when God speaks, you're ready to act. There's a boldness that comes in the Word. You know, if you knew me when I was a teenager, I, was, I, I wasn't like I am today, but it's the Holy Ghost on the inside of me that makes me bold. The Bible says the righteous are bold as a lion, so I don't care how I feel. I'm bold as a lion. My, my personality may feel timid, but I'm bold as a lion about the things of God. Why? Because that's what the Holy Ghost has done on the inside of me. You put the word of God. And I'm telling you, I'm just getting started. Hey, I'm going from glory to glory. I'm going from strength to strength. I'm being built up. I'm, I'm being, I'm going to be a vessel unto honor, ready for the master's use, meet for the master's use, keep my life clean, keep my life pure, be built up in the word. I want to encourage you to build yourself up in the word. Don't allow yourself to stay discouraged. Build yourself up in the word. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far above all that we ask or think, and God wants to use you. If you'll allow God, he'll use you. You may not be called to the ministry, but let God use you in your business, but God will bring people in your path. Now's the time to be a radical soul winner. More than ever before, now's the time to be a radical soul winner. The missionary journey is in full swing. <laughs> hey, the devil's an idiot. He tries to get people to back off. Oh, you know, this stuff is personal. I remember, I remember when witnessing to somebody, and, uh, when I was in door-to-door sales, it was this lady and I remember sharing the gospel with her and she's like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but you know, those things are just so personal that I don't like to talk to other people about them. It's just, it can be so intense sometimes that I just know I can't share it. I'm like you, you, you are, you are clueless. It goes against what we believe to not share what we believe. <laughs> There's an atheist, a famous atheist. That's, um, they had a show together, Penn and Teller and, um, This guy Teller said, I have no respect for Christians that don't share their faith. I'm paraphrasing. But I have no respect for Christians that don't share their faith. Because if you really believe it, then to not tell me is is the worst kind of selfishness. He said, Christians who, even though I don't believe what you believe, Christians who share their faith, I have respect for. The ones who don't, I don't. Hey, I'm on this earth and there's people that need to hear. You know, even if you tell a hundred people and only one gets born again, it'll be worth it for that one. But it'll be a witness against the other hundred. And for some of them, it'll be a seed. You'll plant a seed and then the next person comes and wins souls. So let God equip you in his word. Put a word in your heart. Let him plant eternity in your heart and become a radical soul winner more than ever before. I love you. God bless you. Thanks for joining us on this podcast.